0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adelamarcy.com. I'm your host, as always, Adil Amarcy, and of course, today we're sponsored by purelyhosting.com forward slash Adil, your place to go get business shared hosting, which means it's better than normal, but not as great as a... um, literally, you know, your own VPS hosting, which is what I was thinking of. We're also sponsored by bossacademy.com. And I'm so glad that I actually managed to get this guy on here because he interviewed me a few days ago. It was amazing. Uh, you know, despite the fact that I was doing a cafe, which I'm totally going to to redo with me at some point so we can like deliver more value and content. But we got a good friend, Paul over. Paul, are you in? I am here, buddy. That's awesome, man. Okay. So, for those that don't know who Paul is, uh, Paul has been running Boss Academy and his own sales and marketing business as well for how many years now? Like, How long have you run this stuff?
1: Well, uh, Boss Academy is uh, almost two years in the making, but I started Active Sales Intelligence in 2009. Wow, I was yeah, a guy who was spent 21 years in corporate America, married to that paycheck before I finally had the courage to go out and start a company. So it's it's been a little over six years.
0: So, not as much, so it wasn't as messy of a divorce, but it was still pretty bad. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the way it is. You get divorced from the paycheck, it's going to bitch slap you for a couple of weeks and you'll be fine. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a long divorce
1: period, but uh, I enjoyed every minute of it.
0: That is pretty awesome. Right, so with that being said, because um, I'm one of those weird, weird, weird people, um, I'm going to get off Facebook for one reason. Like, my. That, that freaking status I wrote is getting people like Bob Bly comment on it now. And I'm like, why is, it, I'm getting Bob Bly comment on stuff? He never com- he never responds to my messages, yet he's commenting on my status right now. This is kind of cool. It's one of those moments when I was feeling kind of special. But anyway, anyway, so as you like, dude, this podcast literally is just us talking about everything from business to um, random stuff, because like, you know, it's what it is. But I really want to focus on this one aspect that you kind of started off on, that you actually worked in corporate America for a while. Now, as a person, that's never actually had that. I, yeah, everyone else is kind of like giving me the middle finger right now on your computer screen. Shut up, okay? <laughs> no. Um, I didn't work in corporate America. I didn't even work in corporate England. Um, never had a corporate job, really. But I want to know, what was it like? Because like, I know some people say it's soul-destroying, it's crushing after a while. I know some people that genuinely are really happy about working, like at an office and a desk and stuff like that. And to them, it's in—it's like the loony bin is what we do.
1: Well, look, you know, when you're young and you grow up in an environment where they tell you, you know, go to school, go get a good job, the company will take care of you. That's the environment that a lot of us grew up in. What else is there? And I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't grow up around people that were entrepreneurial and have a lot of role models. I had an uncle that was a very successful business owner. And an uncle. And I looked up to them, but I wasn't around them enough to really know what it was like to run a company. So when I I had this vision of being self-employed, it was more fantasy because I just didn't really know where to start. So for me, uh I actually I didn't hate having a job. In fact, there's something amazing about knowing that Hey, every two weeks, that check's coming no matter what. And I was fortunate to work for some really amazing companies. My first 10 years in business uh, in, a, in in my career were at the Gallup organization, You know, a very well-known polling company, but what a really amazing culture and a great place to learn and grow. I never felt fulfilled because I knew I wanted more for myself. I'm not somebody that really likes to... Uh, answer to authority. I mean, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but it's sometimes bucking the system or having somebody tell you what you have to do is is not really something that makes you feel good. If it doesn't feel good, why do it? But it was comfortable because my career kept growing and I kept getting more money and moving in the right direction. But I knew I wanted to be that guy that was in charge. So I thought, man, sales might be the best thing I could do because it's entrepreneurial in nature, but yet I'm still going to have the little security of a company behind me. So I, w- I moved into sales in 2000, and, and it was all of that, but it wasn't it wasn't everything that I wanted, but it was a lot of what I wanted and you know, more money coming. And the more money I made, the less likely it was I was ever going to leave it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those weird things that's kind of like a drug. Did you okay. want a
1: short answer to your short question? I didn't give one today.
0: No, dude, I don't care. That, that was perfect. Don't worry about it. Like this, like any of my podcast knows that we literally just waffle on and talk a load of crap and okay. make it's fun like of each b- other, friend. No, it's okay. fine. It's what we do. It's fine. You, you don't have like your co-host like tugging at your leg.
1: <laughs> it sounds like you do.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, I totally get that. You smell. No, shut up. Sorry, that's my cat, not anyone in this audience that's like listening to me right now. Just constantly berating my cat, giving him self self as well as self confidence issues. He won't meow anymore. No, I'm kidding. He meows all the time. He needs to shut up every so often. He only does it when I'm on podcasts. I've actually noticed that. If I'm on a phone call on a podcast, he will not shut up. The moment I'm like off this podcast, he'll be quiet and be like, "What's up? I didn't meow. Who are you talking to? <laughs> Just giving me like the weird looking shit." But okay, to kind of like um, move on from that, realistically, something that like, I really love about you, dude, is the fact that you actually have connected with so many different people. And thank you for the connection for the secret guest that I'm booking on this show at some point. Um, yeah, how, how did you like get into like thinking, hey, I'm going to start a podcast and do this? Or is it what just like because everyone else is doing it at the time? Or were you just like, I really like doing this because you have a great voice.
1: Um, oh, thank you. It's a very okay. soothing I voice. no place for it too, so apparently that's what we're... <laughs> Uh now how did I get into this? Okay, so I was at a Jeff Walker product launch formula event out in Arizona and I met this gentleman who we actually got assigned to a mastermind group together. I didn't know him from Adam and he you know, I actually saw each other at this event, said, Hey, we're in the same mastermind group, how cool and we, we really hit it off. And we James Tension. And that has like that guy
0: has like the best name ever.
1: I, well, wait till you hear what name he selected for his online persona, Jimmy Tango. You know, he kind of went <laughs>
0: was
1: amazing. So we, uh, we we really hit it off, and, and he was more of an online expert. I was more of an offline expert. Uh, he was really knowledgeable about online marketing. I knew more sales and marketing on the offline perspective. So we thought, man, what a cool idea to team up and maybe do a show that is kind of focused on just business from online, offline perspective. Uh, and we called it uh business beyond the trenches, but our website was Tango and Kerch, and we, you know, we, <laughs> you laugh. know, so <laughs> Tango and cash. So we had a lot of fun with it and it was a video podcast show that we were doing. Uh, I didn't really know anything about podcasting, but I knew that We had this cool technology to allow us to connect over Skype. He's in Atlanta. I'm in Dallas, Texas. And we're doing this weekly show where it's just us talking about business. And then we started bringing guests on, started to build a little following. And I was having a blast with it. And one day he said, look, because I've got to take this contracting job and it's going to take me away from what I'm doing. I'm not going to be able to put the energy into the show. We need to kind of put it on hiatus for a while. And I thought, well, I'll just continue without him. But I didn't really have the energy to do it. I wasn't excited about it. So long story short, uh, it was probably about a year hiatus and I'm at a networking event. Web.com is the precursor to the professional golf association, PGA tour here in the States. And, mm-hmm. and they host some small business summits at, uh, different PGA events. And so I went to one of their small business summits thinking it's going to be a sales pitch. It wasn't a sales pitch, but the woman on stage was from web.com and she's talking about online marketing strategies. And a lot of the people in the audience are small business owners, some of them retailers, and she's talking over their head. Uh, She's talking about technology, she's talking about advanced lead tactics, and they're just kind of had blank stares on their face. So during the Q and A session, I asked her if I could expand on something she had said to somebody and add some clarification. She said, sir. And so I started answering that guy's question a little more thoroughly. And then I provided a couple of tools I used. More people started firing questions at me. She was very gracious about it and she was very appreciative. And when it was done, I must have had 20, 25 people coming up, handing me business cards, thanking me, telling me how amazing it was. And one of the women That handed me a card was the general manager of a radio station in Dallas. And she said, hey, I love what you're doing. We'd love to have you on as a guest on one of our shows if you're interested. Well, a week later, she called me and said, you know what? Instead of having you on as a guest, why don't you come on and have your own show? I I looked you up, saw what you did, saw how you handled yourself. You'd be great to host your own business talk show. And so I did that for almost a year. But, you know, there's an AM station in the States. Not a lot of traffic. Uh, There was no real measurement of how many people were listening. So after a period of time, I thought, you know what? I think it makes more sense to move this to a podcast. So once again, a long-winded answer to a short question, but uh, it's been a really amazing journey. And I had this vision for Boss Academy because when I started my company, I said, you know what? I know what it's like to to feel like you want to start a company, but you don't know how to start. And I know what it's like to have a company that has the highs and lows and, and when you're struggling, how you turn it around. I want to help entrepreneurs. And so I had this vision for Boss Academy, but it only came to fruition when she she offered me that opportunity that I just couldn't pass up.
0: That's the best way of actually doing it because then you just, like, there's one thing I really love about doing podcasts, and everyone realizes as time goes on. Um, they're fun, like, really fun. I, like, everyone has their own style, obviously. Like, um, yours is very much like, da da, we want this done. Your, yours, is, yours is far more efficient than mine. Mine is just more or less like, I'm here to talk and blah and make people laugh and tease some stuff. Um, it's always just the way I do things anyway. But other people, the thing I cannot do personally for me, I mean, some of people can. They're amazing. Me, personally, can't do it. Um, canned questions.
1: I hate them. I hate those shows. I, I mean, there's some shows out <laughs> yes. there that, that operate under canned questions. But to me, if I can't engage in a conversation with you, I'm not going to enjoy it. You know, I I wanna be able to I wanna be able to to interject and talk and and uh, add value. I want it to be about my guest. I want them to be the expert, but you know what, quite frankly, I'd be a fool if I didn't wanna position myself as an expert during the whole process. So can questions just eliminate that from your arsenal?
0: Oh man, I, I agree entirely and it gets even better it gets even worse for me because actually was' on a podcast with someone bless him I hope he's changed his style a little bit more. He literally asked me the question to which I answered to, like I answered this question and then the next question was the elaboration like he was like, could you do this? Like, I can't remember what the question was it was something really weird but that question I almost wanted to write but I, I literally said I stopped him on it. I was like, dude I just answered that question in the last one. Really? It's like, yeah, you yeah it's, just, it, it's like it's pointless. Like if you were listening, you would have had and just skipped it. It was like, but, but, but I was like, just edit this out. But yeah, just come on. Have an actual conversation with me. Don't worry about like what the questions in front of you say.
1: And, you know, and I think everyone should have a cat in the background. A cat in heat, it sounds like even.
0: So I think yeah. that's what it- it's at all. No, he's just an ass. Seriously, he's not neutered, but hes that's not his heated voice. If you hear him in, he it's like a million times deeper, and he sounds like he's going to kill you. Um, <laughs> this is just his pay attention to me. I hate you so much. So I need to find a squirt bottle so I can, I can at least threaten him with, like, oh, I'll squirt you in the face with your squirt bottle because he's weird like that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to try that on my wife and
0: see how that works <laughs> out. Yes, tell me if you end up homeless or not. <laughs>
1: that's a very good chance
0: it's like what did i do i took your advice no it's like basically like if you ever watched the show how i met your mother have you ever seen that show yeah yeah absolutely just barney and marshall where like barney tries to tell marshall how to handle his wife lily he ends up sleeping on the couch and then sleeping at his friend's house like she kicked me out why i tried to listen to your advice and i totally jacked it up and she kicked me out
1: (laughs) Yeah, now I I, uh, I know you're all the way in the other side of the world, and uh, you know I'm here in North America, and I wouldn't be an egotistical American if I didn't remind you that shows off the air. You may not know yet; it may not have caught up with you guys over uh, there yet.
0: It, it is. We we it was off the air like literally around two weeks after you guys were <laughs> off. But I watch it on Netflix as well.
1: I do too. I'm teasing you, of course. Ah,
0: but to be fair, Netflix in America is better than Netflix in the UK, like by a mile. You guys get way better stuff. Like you guys get way better stuff than we do. So I'm like, God damn it, I want to watch stuff. Like the best thing I can tell you right now, from a storytelling perspective, because remember, we are what we are. We're storytellers. We're the dreamers of dreams. Um, to quote Willy Wonka, that, I am totally going to do that from now on. Just quote Willy Wonka randomly in the middle of a conversation to see how many people know what I'm doing. Um, just for shits and giggles, it will be amazing. But what I was getting Thanks. at was, um, <laughs> what I was getting at was that because we have this ability. Uh, to tell stories and stuff. One of the best ones that's come out of the Marvel Universe lately is um, Daredevil. Like, Netflix is Daredevil. Have you seen it yet? No. It's amazing. Like, Netflix is doing stuff that other companies are just not doing. Like, they're creating their own shows. And this is really strange considering, I don't know if you remember when, when Netflix started out, it was very, 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 it was like a very small company. To start out with, and they had those cheesy little ads like running on air and on in on online really, and you're like nobody's gonna buy. It was like four bucks or something like that when it started out, and now it's like this sprawling multi billion dollar empire. Do you remember any of that? I do actually. Yeah. Scary. Like so, someone could be building a Netflix, something that could be not a Netflix, but something to the grandiose scale of Netflix today in their garage, and we even know about it.
1: I know it's it's really it's kind of amazing when you think about companies like Facebook and Google. Well, at one time they were just an idea, you know, and they were they were no different than anyone else out there, the founders in terms of just having self-doubt, wondering is it going to work? And you know, the fact that it exploded and in retrospect we can look back and say, wow, that's amazing. Look what they did. Wow, that you know, I could never do that. Well, they started from nothing everyone does at some point and it's just an idea
0: yeah and more importantly i need to get a garage because let's be honest um that's where all these ideas come from like mark zuckerberg so i facebook from from i go, it was a dorm room but like steve jobs garage bill gates garage some other guy garage damn it we need garages get just genius get hipsters in garages uh, or garages really and get them to like just chomp out ideas like crazy and they'll be fine
1: Okay, so I'm going to steal your thunder and uh, give you a Willy Wonka quote to match what you're saying there. And Addle, don't forget what happened to the man who suddenly got everything he'd wished for.
0: Ooh, that's true.
1: Then he we just play Ever After.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that movie. I've not seen. Um, I, you know what? That's going on my Christmas movie list this year because like, cause I'm doing. Um, for people in London during Christmas uh, this year, because I'm not going back home. Uh I'm cooking for like my friends that come like, into my place, we're cooking, we're building a blanket fort in my living room. Um, that's awesome. yeah, because like I've got a bookshelf that's quite high up and I'm like, I've got enough blankets to build a blanket fort in this. So it's just gonna be like one big oh, above level blanket fort with like my jitsu mats on the floor.
1: You know, it's funny, you don't look twelve. You are very mature for twelve year old. I Thank mean it's you
0: so- my mummy says so. <laughs> but if I was a twelve year old that light that leased an apartment in like Soho slash Mayfair in London. I'd be like the most successful twelve year old ever, but that looks really impressive.
1: Just... You know, I speaking of Willy Wonka, I and I I don't know if this is appropriate for your show or not, but I used to date a girl who we would watch that movie and the the boat scene, we're talking the original.
0: Yeah, uh, not the crappy remake. Yeah, is... the
1: boat scene with the like trippy just, she used to get a during that uh, that scene. Uh, I would pull out Willy Wonka every now and then just because I knew it was going to work its magic on her. But it's a little off track.
0: That's totally fine, trust me. Like, we like off track stuff. Like, right now I'm trying to wonder where, oh, there it is. Aha! Sorry, just got the cat's little spray thingies. I'm like, you know. Running around like a madman, going to spray my cat with water because that's what we totally do in this neighborhood. I'm kidding, I'm not really. I'm just gonna like hold it out to him and he just knows. Like, I just need to do that. His eyes zero and he's like, God damn it, spray, I'm gonna get you one day. Um, But anyway, no, I was gonna say so. Uh, Yeah, that scene is amazing uh, and scary at the same time because uh, just to quote a comedian that I really know called Comedian Marcus who does really good impersonations, don't know where that guy went to be fair um he just used to go on about like during that scene it's like willie wonka the original would be stuff like you know it'll be it'll be good enough and long enough that it's the scariest movie as an eight-year-old because your parents are like okay you're fine down there in the basement all by yourself like yeah it's like the imagine you, know, you can just do anything if you put your mind to it and just think of your it's pure imagination then you yeah. get on the boat scene it's like there's no knowing where we're going it just gets creepy within like seconds it and,
1: does it's creepy, and uh, that that movie turns very dark at that point. But you know, overall, it's such a great story.
0: Definitely, I do find it. Um, uh, I do find it funny. Uh, hold on, I love it when I tell people, "Hey, do a podcast. Don't disturb me." They do. It's, like, it's at that point I'm going to text like a million times a
1: You know what I love about this show? It is extremely buttoned up and uh you know you're very structured i love it
0: i know right this is called like the most ra- it's random hour with adil really i should just i should just really call it that the random hour with adil because it's true but then again i feel like i would be ripping off duncan trussell because his his is Duncan trussell uh what was it duncan trussell's family hour or family time it's an amazing show um but then again, I like all those guys. Right, back to the thing and putting my phone... I'm just whatever. I'm just right now, my brain's kind of like, I'm slightly sleepy and doing stuff. I'll still go on. Um, but yeah, that movie has so many marketing messages in it, it's ridiculous. But have you heard about the theory behind it? No. Th- there's like a dark theory about how Willy Wonka is really a mass murdering person. That's ki- like, he kills children in it.
1: That's, uh, that's really interesting. Is yeah. that based upon a this the original screenplay or story or is there uh just some theories that are out there based off of
0: oh it's just people like doing theories like you know how someone did the rugrats theory where like the rugrats never really were born and they're all parts of angelica's the figments of angelica's um imagination it's really dark like every theory that's out there is like stupidly dark about the shit i grew up with as a child so like um what's it called rugrats is like the the babies are all like they were never born it's all angelica's imagination um this one's kind of a weird one because it's fitting considering star wars is out like right now no one give me any spoilers i will punch you in the head because i'm going to go watch that on sunday um and basically that was that jar jar binks is actually a sith lord wow yeah Yeah, I gotta explain. It's kind of like one of those things, like, could you explain that to me? How is that even possible? But th- there's, like, this whole theory where the guy goes, think about it. He's, it's, the movie's called The Phantom Menace. Yeah. A phantom is someone that's like, a spiritual ghost thingy in the room. Jar Jar Binks. In the next couple of movies, you see him standing alongside um, Emperor Palpatine. Both you know from- though?
1: That would almost make Jar Jar Binks enjoyable.
0: Yeah, it would be like you have that crazy, slightly, you know, holy shit.
1: Misa no want to see people get hurt.
0: You know, that uh, that
1: that voice of his, he was so annoying in that, that movie. And uh, what a disappointment. People waited all those years for Star Wars to come back. And then here comes Jar Jar Binks on the screen.
0: Um, dude, it was like the worst. Because I was like, um, I was 11 or 12 years old. Wait, was that ninety nine or 2001 that movie came out? I can never remember. I don't know. I'd say 2000 is a happy guess. I was about 10 or 11 years old when that movie came out. you Star Wars fan up until that point. I was like, yeah, woo! I watched that, and I actually completely forgot Jar Jar Binks existed and only focused on the lightsaber battles. I had, like, selective memory. Everyone was like, I hate the Phantom Menace. I was like, what are you on about? The Phantom Menace is amazing. like, why? i like, think about it. Epic lightsaber battles. This happened. Like, what about Jar Jar Binks? I was like, who the fuck's Jar Jar Binks? Like, annoying going, me used you thing. I was like... I don't know who the hell that was. What do you mean? I blocked him out, apparently. Next movie. Though I cannot watch the Attack of the Clones. It's the movie I can't watch.
1: Yeah, that, I'm
0: with you. That one I, I took I my family went to wanted to go watch Spider-Man and I wanted to watch Attack of the Clones. I told everyone, like, y'all go watch Spider-Man, I'm gonna go watch Attack of the Clones. No, we'll go together. No, seriously, you guys watch Spider Man, you can watch Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, I wanna go watch Attack of the Clones they end up caving and going to watch Attack of the Clones with me. I was like, and then they hated it. And then they hated me for it. I was like, I told you guys to go watch Spider-Man. I would have been fine in the movie theater by myself.
1: Yeah, Attack of the Clones, the acting in it was horrendous by the guy, played Luke Skywalker. Um, oh, and, Anakin.
0: Anakin. You mean yeah, Anakin. or Anakin,
1: excuse me. Thank you. It was... I don't know why I said Luke. Because <laughs> you're thinking about okay, it. So let's talk about... Let's talk about our... You mentioned the lightsaber scenes. Let's Let's step back. So... Dooku or Darth Maul? Which one was the
0: better... Ooh, Dooku, say, but not Dooku, sorry. Darth Maul. Darth Maul's scenes were amazing, okay? Amazing, but you
1: know what? They were too
0: short. Yeah, It wasn't enough of it because he was he was like this Sith badass, though the way he died really pissed me off because I was like, really? He's going to let him jump over him and cut him in half. He's a Sith Lord. He could just force-pushed his ass or lightning him. Just, you know, lightning bolt, kill you. You're fine, whatever, you're dead. No, okay, fine. We're just gonna we're just gonna like pretend like I can't, I can't shoot lightning out of my hands because that's why I've not been taught. <laughs> Crazy people, but you um, know
1: I've had these same types of conversations with buddies over uh, uh, several cocktails, and we start talking about random stuff like this. I've never done this as a podcast. I have to tell you, I'm having a fun time here, Adol. This is a, the first time I've ever had like this kind of just random. We're talking about anything and everything conversation
0: pretty much it's one of those conversations that you really really like to have and again that's the point of this podcast because now i'm going to shift it up again say how it relates to business because here's the thing lucas is a genius as much as i hate to admit that um i personally think he's a dumbass but it's when it comes to like screenwriting what's okay what's the best star wars movie bar the one that's come out because everyone's raving that this is just as good as the one that we're all thinking is the best star wars movie what, what would you say is the best star wars movie
1: well, the the original one's my favorite. I mean, you can't argue with that. Yeah, but uh,
0: which one in particular?
1: Uh, well, you know, my favorite movie is probably Empire Strikes Back.
0: Thank you. That is every, that is like every real Star Wars fan, their favorite Star Wars movie, Empire. Everyone. I've like met one person that says they like Return of the Jedi because of the Ewoks. I was like, that's fine. You go, you yourself out that door because I won't talk to you anymore. You know what? Because now I'm a, Empire is like my favorite movie.
1: That yeah, was not I, written by him. But Empire Strikes Back was was fascinating, and and you know there's so many memorable scenes, and yeah, yeah. my son just watched that. He's six, and uh, he he'd never seen any of the movies, so we kind of binged watched all of them back to back and over a few days, and he just that's the one he loved too. And I thought, man, this is definitely my kid.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I I actually saw them um, uh, in England they re-released all three original episodes in like ninety seven, um. So I actually got the chance to watch them all in the cinema. As so I actually went to the movies and watched them on the big, big screen, um, twenty years after they were released, but um.
1: And yeah, who didn't want their own ad ad? I mean, um, come on, seriously. I know, right? That was
0: amazing. I and <laughs> everyone wanted their own Taunton. Yeah, exactly. It's so, like, I wanted a Tauntaun. I was like, that that year's like Christmas and stuff. I got asked, what do you want? It's like Tauntaun. They're like, what's a Tauntaun? I was like, Star Wars. Instead, I got like a playful lightsaber thing, which is awesome too. I was like, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. I, oh, I loved my lightsaber when I was a kid. My kids now have foam lights, lightsabers, and, and we sit and have fights. My daughter's four, my son's six, and we sit there and just whack the heck out of each other with lightsabers at night until my wife screams at us. But,
0: uh,. <laughs> usually in the case. Uh,
1: we have some major epic
0: battles, Just, which
1: I will not let her listen to this episode because she doesn't need to know.
0: Oh, It's okay. Don't worry, we won't. Um, but it's actually amazing that that's everyone's favorite movie. And the thing is, because um, we're getting back to like Lucas in a moment, but the reason I think he's a dumbass is because the best freaking Star Wars movie was not written or directed by George Lucas. He, in fact, didn't want to make that movie. And believe it or not, he did not want to rehire um, Harrison Ford.
1: You gotta be kidding me!
0: Yeah, he actually was like, "I don't want to rehire Harrison Ford. He's horrible to work with. Don't want to work with him. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Don't want to hire him. Uh, his character will never be as great as like my other characters and yada yada." And then all of a sudden, like Han becomes like the greatest one of them all. And w- look at look
1: at what happened with his career after that. I mean, geez, yeah. Harrison's like one of the most sought after actors in Hollywood, even to this day.
0: Yeah, I think the only person that did anything... Uh, I'd say the only other um, iconic person that came out of that movie, and no offense to Carrie Fisher, because she's amazing, um, the person that came out of it on top for me was Mark Hamill. Um, because a lot of people don't know this, but you know the voice of the Joker from the Batman animated series? And yeah. the Batman Arkham Asylum games. Uh, until Arkham, like, what was it? Gotham, like, Arkham Knight or whatever it is. Or Dark Knight or some crap like that. This is the recent game that like took a step back from who Batman really was and shit. Um, like Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. All the animated TV like movie shows, uh, movies and TV shows, all voiced by Mark Hamill. He's the voice of the Joker.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah.
0: cool. Oh, dude, you have to check check this out afterwards. Uh, if you YouTube um, Mark Hamill Killing Joke monologue, he literally does the monologue from the Killing Joke in the Joker voice live on air, and it's, like, the most chilling, amazing thing because you're like, that's Luke Skywalker as the mass murdering crazy clown prince of crime. That's pretty cool. Uh, you know,
1: I'll tell you, you mentioned Carrie Fisher. I didn't know much about her, but I saw her on an interview recently, and <laughs> that woman is one of the funniest people I've ever seen. She had her dog on this interview. Yeah,
0: I saw that. It was so oh my god.
1: Did you not walk away going, okay? I love her. She's super cool.
0: Yeah, she is. I I've always loved her style. She's like so funny, uh, yeah. down to earth. and her roast. They did a comedy roast of hers. She was just brilliant at that.
1: Oh, I've got to i got to look that up because I tell you, she's got my kind of sense of humor. Very dry, very sarcastic, just very funny.
0: See, my sense of humor is just described as dark and silly yeah. at times. Believe
1: me, I'm actually doing this interview from the fetal position in the corner of my office. Just, just letting you know, full disclosure.
0: Oh, that's that's fine. Um, that's because like you interviewed me two days ago. He realized how much of an evil asshole I am, so now he has to do that. Everyone knows that he will soon bow down before me. I'm <laughs> not gonna say Zod because he can suck it. He bows down before me as well.
1: Uh, is your last name Palpatine? Is that what we're talking about here?
0: No, Palpatine. I killed him. Come on. Yeah, that's true. Let's be honest. <laughs> There's a reason why it's called Darth Marcy. I'm not, like, if I ever was a Sith Lord and I still am technically at my friend's company, like, my official title at his company is Chief Executive Asshole, aka Sith Lord.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's
0: on my Facebook profile. That's the thing. You see it right there and you click on it and it gives you a full rundown of what I do day to day for him. If um, it's on
1: Facebook, it has to be honest and legitimate. So I'm thinking you truly are a Sith Lord. I didn't have
0: nothing. I am that much of a badass Sith Lord, I didn't even change my surname. I'm kind of turning that into a meme, you know that. Just like me with like my Star Wars guess going, so badass, didn't change my name as a Sith Lord. <laughs> Darth Marcy, come on, man. You're going to do nothing. Um, <laughs> God, I have a friend whose surname is Vader. Like, V-A-D-E-R. No way, that's yeah the thing ever. But the thing is, it's a misconstruction of his original name, because his original name is Vardier. Uh, he's Indian. um, But they changed it to Vader when they came to the UK. And he's never watched Star Wars, like, at all. His parents didn't then watch Star Wars as a kid and stuff. I was like, please, when you have children, let me name him. Why? I just want to call him Darth. His middle name, Darth.
1: And if he had uh, a uh, butler, the butler could have called him Lord Vader.
0: Exactly.
1: So and much better.
0: Child, though. I think that would have been really cool. Yeah, it would have been, but... I'm, I'm trying to persuade him. He's not had kids yet, so he's still got, like, another three or four years before he's like, yeah! I'm just constantly influencing him, like, let me name your child. I will train him in the dark arts of persuasion. <laughs> That's pretty much it, really. It's kind of, like, awesome. But, like, okay, so why I think George Lucas is a dumbass, but also a genius at the, t- the same time. Dumbass because of what he did with, like, not wanting to hire back Harrison Ford and all the other crazy shit he pulled, including Jar Jar Binks and shit. Um... And he cannot take credit for the fact that we have the theory that Jar Jar is an evil sith lord because that came up recently. But the reason why he's a genius is because when he was signing the deal for Lucas Arts, um Lucas films and stuff like that, and actually doing all the um, produ- like the producers and stuff like that when he was doing the new hope, he got merchandising rights to keep them. He got to keep the merchandising rights one hundred percent himself. Oh my God. Yeah. Think about, okay, just think about how much money Star Wars has made as movies. Now look at all the money they've made in toys, video games, cushions, uh, T-shirts, licensing fees. You name it, they've done it. They've even, they've been on cereal and stuff. How many billions of dollars do you think he's made from that? I'm thinking it's more than one. It's a couple. It's it's like... I I can't remember how much. Which is why when people said that Marvel bought it for like four point five billion, um, they only bought the Star Wars rights. They didn't buy the merchandising rights.
1: Oh my god!
0: He still has merchandising rights.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. So That's all, like,
1: this- you know, the cast of uh, Gilligan's Island. I think there was only. I don't think any of them. Now that I, 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 I if I'm remembering correctly, none of them took the syndicated rights. So basically they opted to get paid a little bit more when the show was live, uh, on air, but then when it went into syndication, they basically did not expect the show to be as a cult hit like it was, so they walked away basically getting nothing from that.
0: Oh man, that's crazy. Friends had something very similar to that. They had like syndication points and I think by the time they left and the last season's if I remember correctly, they were getting paid like anywhere between one to ten million per person. Per episode, yeah. Could you imagine that? Um, what do you want to do? I'm gonna to go to work today for three months. Uh, how many episodes? We're gonna shoot like I don't know, twenty episodes or ten episodes, or something like that, for a season. How much are you guys getting paid? Ten million episode. That's like a hundred million piece.
1: And I had a chance with Jennifer Aniston until she started getting that kind of money. You I know. know, right?
0: Just, just man. See, I'm still, I'm still lucky because she's like technically in Cougar Town right now. And I'm in the age range where she's like, yeah, that guy's kind of my age, yeah. Though to be fair, she is like, she is still ridiculously hot. I mean, approaching I, her mid-40s and still stunning. I I just always had a thing for her. Amazing. Don't, don't blame you. She's pretty awesome. For me, it's Phoebe. I like the weird ones. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, Phoebe was... I could see I could see you and Phoebe hitting it off. <laughs> just having a conversation. About smelly cats on your show.
0: Oh, uh, hell yeah. To be honest, if I could – that's like Lisa uh, Lisa Kudrow. I'd love to have her on the show because I just know she just ripped me a new one the entire time.
1: Well, you know, there's a good chance that she will listen to this episode because I think she follows me on Twitter. So there's a good chance that you're going to score with Lisa after hearing this.
0: Pretty much because, like, my plan is when I get to the U.S. is um, I want to find Keanu Reeves and have him actually write the foreword to a book I'm writing called A Most Excellent Adventure. (laughs) because <laughs> I, I actually own the domain a most excellent adventure.com there's nothing on there right now but i actually own the domain so
1: that's I, amazing
0: okay like, i'm like uh yeah keanu's like one of my favorite acts of all time and i love it imitating him because it's so brilliant it's like oh, dude no way it's like yeah i know dude no way my hair just whatever just really bad impressions of him whenever i'm slightly like too happy around my friends um the matrix
1: trilogy uh, over the last couple of weeks my wife was out of town so i was watching a little binge watching late at night and the matrix was on so
0: the first matrix is brilliant two and three um, fight scenes that's all i think of those when i watch. yeah
1: i like the second one but the third one was a little bit hard to swallow but overall still a great trilogy
0: yeah, I mean, it made it made money and made everyone happy. I mean, if you really did, you hear about what he did to like compensate for the second and third movies? No, he basically took his paycheck and bought everyone like he either gave them money or he gave them Harley Davidson motorcycles, like special effects teams, um, because he was like, I made more money off that one Matrix movie that needs to sustain me for like ten lifetimes.
1: That's pretty amazing.
0: Like. The the first day he was on set, he found out the janitor um, needed twenty five thousand dollars for an operation or something. No one told like no one. The janitor didn't tell anyone. Someone told Keanu. He overheard this. Keanu wrote a check for that guy for twenty five grand, barely knowing it was like here you go. It's like why? It's like because I think you need it. Enjoy and walked off.
1: Wow. Okay. So newfound respect for Kiana.
0: Yeah, the guy is like stupidly Philip. Ph- ph- uh, he gives money Phil- Philanthropic. That's the word. I cannot see the yeah, word. It's a big boy word at all. Yeah, so. yeah, big. You and your, L, your You and your SAT words and F. By the way, <laughs> if anyone's thinking of watching a really good trailer to make themselves laugh, uh, watch Fifty Shades of Black the trailer. Oh, it's <laughs> hilarious. That is really yeah, fun. Just like using the big SAT words and like it's like can we can we argue black for a minute and like. See, that's communicating, baby. I was just like, I love that bit so much because I actually do that to my friends. Uh, the joy uh, so, uh,
1: Speaking of philanthropy, did you see that uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his wife plan to give away 99, 99% of their fortune before they're, uh, they're gone?
0: Oh, my God. They're geniuses. Yeah. Because that is a tax write-off if I've ever seen one.
1: Yeah, well, that and the fact that uh, they didn't define necessarily win. So they could be, you know, I, I still think it's a pretty amazing. Here's the thing that's interesting. You know, you think about, you know, the evil rich. You know, you hear people all the time complain about, oh, they've got so much money. And, uh, you know, why, why aren't they spreading the wealth? And, but you know what? When you're wealthy at that kind of level, you can do so much good and make such a difference in the world and still maintain your wealth but you know wealthy people and successful business leaders they really have the opportunity to do stuff that the average person cannot and from the outside you can you can hate them for being rich but you know what look at the good they do look at bill gates the bill gates foundation what an impact they've made around the world and uh you know so he's one of the richest men in the world but he's been able to do some amazing things with it
0: yeah really has there's like so many things that people don't look at
1: he doesn't have at all money but you know what he's doing all he's right he's
0: catching up he's catching up yeah you know he doesn't have to uh, he, he has his time i have mine i'm sure we'll uh, we'll play for microsoft one day at a game of pro, at a game of poker
1: i picture you two having a uh, texas holdem match where you both go all in at some point
0: yeah and then I'll win
1: of course, so there's no doubt about it. But he doesn't know that. See, he's underestimating you. Yeah, isn't it? Sith Lord?
0: He isn't a Sith Lord. You can't fight the Sith Lord. That's how you roll, son. All right. So there's one thing I love doing at this podcast. I'm just gonna change it a little bit to one foot on the spot here. You have canned questions that you're pulling out now. Yeah, this is my canned questions. What? This is the only time I do these, son. Though to be fair, they're not really <laughs> canned questions, such. But um. The best thing, to, the the thing I love doing on the show is I love getting entrepreneurs and people that are becoming entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, But there's only Ben Settle in that category. Everyone, so, be, right? Everyone become that to annoy Ben. I love him. Just let's do I it to annoy him. I'm gonna find it out uh, if
1: I can just capture up every single domain that has. So I can come up with an entrepreneur yeah. in it somewhere.
0: Just just to mess with them. Just just to mess with them would be brilliant. Exactly. Oh man! But anyway, so the reason I I bring this up is because um, everyone that's on there like we always go through highs and lows of journeys and businesses. Like we either like are killing it like crazy or we need to bridge that gap. The question I love asking everyone that comes on the show, and I'm gonna ask it to you as well. What's the best way someone that's going through that situation where like they're not they're not connecting as much as they could? They're like. Yesterday, I felt amazing, and today I'm not. Or I'm stuck in my cubicle and I don't know how to move forward. Like, what are three tips that you can give for someone to do that? They can be about mindset, they can be about, you know, um, what they can do physically and, like, in terms of business, anything. Just three things that someone can do today to improve their life. So,
1: can I give a long winded answer to this? Can I get on a soapbox for a little bit?
0: Dude, you've got like 15 minutes to do what you need.
1: At all. Okay, so here's the thing. You're touching on a topic that's near and dear to my heart because I went from having a five-year, just amazing journey as an entrepreneur to having 12 months of just nothing but stress and personal struggles that got in the way. And there were points where I was literally numb and couldn't couldn't really take action where I should be. And anybody listening to that said, oh, that's pathetic. That's weak. What's up with that? You know, I mean, I hate when people do that. Hey, look, the reality is that sometimes as an entrepreneur, you have a lot of weight on your shoulders and there's no one there to hold your hand through some of those tough times unless you, you know, you might have a coach, you might have mentors, but, you know, at the end of the day, you hold responsibility that that the average person just does not recognize. So what I did was I really stepped away from things for a little bit and got clear. And I say clear because... It comes back to, to coming up with a little bit of a plan and a strategy. Clear on what you want to get done. But more importantly, the most important thing you can ask yourself is why. Tony Robbins always uh, talks about finding your big why. And he always says, if the why isn't big enough, then you're probably not going to move forward with that, that, that thing that you need to. And if your why isn't big enough, you need to keep searching until you find a, a why that is big enough. So I kind of came up with my own little morning ritual that i created that you know i i've never been a meditator i've never been somebody who is really zen in nature but i started focusing on some gratitude in the morning thinking about the things i'm grateful for because if you're thinking about the things you're grateful for and i remember at one point being kind of down and depressed and stressed and and i was like oh, i have nothing to be grateful for my kids are acting out things at home aren't great blah 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 and all of a sudden i i stopped myself and i said that's ridiculous okay i've got a roof over my head and i've got food on my on my in my fridge and all of a sudden i started creating this amazing list and then i'm like okay you know what the kids may be acting out but i they love me unconditionally and all of a sudden i had this list that was just like really inspiring it's hard to be down and hard to be upset at life if you're grateful now that doesn't mean that it's permanent it doesn't mean that that doesn't fade and you have to go back and do that so that's one thing focus on gratitude the other thing i did was i came to the office and started doing a little bit of whiteboarding session in the morning. If you have a whiteboard, great. If you have a piece of paper or a PC, I don't care what it is, draw some columns on your whiteboard. The first one being why, the next one being what, the next one being how, and the next one being when. And why is first for a reason because why drives everything now of course in the what column you put down what you're working on what you want to focus upon but you need to come back to that first column and write down your why and that why better be something that sparks something within you because if it doesn't you're probably not going to take the action needed when things are tough when things are easy and smooth flowing and life's great yeah, man, you know, you can roll with things and, and things are going good. Money's coming in. But boy, when it dries up and you start to get stressed and you start to get depressed, you start to question yourself and you start to have self-doubt, you better find a big, excuse my French, but fucking why? Because if you, all you want. if you don't, it's not going to push you through the hard times. So find your why. Then you go back to the, you know, you've got your what. And it's like, how, how am I going to do this? And how maybe several pieces and then when, when put some timestamps around this. I don't want you walking away with a big to do list from this, but the reality is you're going to have some tasks, but those tasks better have some timestamps around them. And if that is big enough and you revisit this daily, daily, weekly, whatever, you're going to keep this top of mind and you're going to move forward and then you're going to hit those timestamps and all of a sudden. You're going to find that you can do just about anything you want. And the other thing that I did is I really focused on moving forward. I created this mindset that I call a five-minute jump start. In times when you are stressed and kind of lost, and you can't get yourself to take action, you know, you may be needing to make phone calls and you can't make yourself pick up the phone. Do a five-minute jump start, and that is simply take five minutes and do it once. Take one opportunity to pick up that phone, make a call, and then you'll find that you can do the next one and the next one. You get momentum. Five minutes of doing anything. There's this great video on YouTube of this woman. She's running a race, and she trips and falls. And people come out to try and help her up, and she waves them off. And she stands up and her ankle gave out on her and she's running and all of a sudden she she falls again. And it's like horrific watching her. She's like falling and picking herself up, falling, picking herself up. She finally gets to the finish line and falls across the finish line people come over and crowd around her and pick her up and she's in tears and she's bloody. But you know what? That is the greatest metaphor for being an entrepreneur. If you fall down forward and keep picking yourself up, you will reach the finish line. If you stop, and give up you're never going to do it right mm-hmm. so that's another piece and then god all of a sudden we're getting serious on this call what's up with this atl
0: yeah this is how i ninja people in you know if, this is this is my shit this is how i do things if they didn't get
1: weeded out by the star wars conversation they're getting some real gems here
0: that's how we do things you like weed them out with the boring stuff and hit Oh, it's not even boring it's fun stuff you weed them with the boring with the fun stuff and then you hit them with like the knowledge
1: yeah exactly And then the other piece is you need to come back to more planning. And I I don't want to make planning a daunting task. This isn't about creating some 300-page plan. It could be as simple as grabbing a piece of paper and writing down some of the things you want to work on. I've got a great friend. His name is Rajesh Sethi. He's a, a mentor, an amazing entrepreneur. He's one of my favorite people that I've ever had the opportunity to meet. And he doesn't like to-do lists. He loves to think lists. He actually literally creates a list of things that he wants to take time and sit down and think about. And think about, is it viable? Is it something that that he should be working on? How is he going to do it? Who does he need to get involved? And he takes time to reflect. So it's almost like a meditative process for him. But I love that concept. Uh, I'm not quite as disciplined to do that. But I'll tell you what, there are times where just getting out of the four walls that you stare at, go somewhere else and just sit there and kind of just close your eyes and think about the things you need to work on and get yourself clear. Get yourself a break. If you can meditate, do it. I'm, I've tried meditation, you know, and I've gotten some value out of it, but it's not necessarily my cup of tea. But in those times that are tough, man, you got to find a way of getting yourself clear. And if if it comes back to clarity on where you're going and what you need to do and why you need to do it that's often enough to get you out of that hole and out of that rut and you know what you may just find that you're just your heart's not into it and you can't find a big enough why to motivate you that's a pretty good indicator that maybe it's time to shift gears and find something that really does drive you
0: yep it's a huge one Pull just literally drop bombs on you guys. That's how he does things. Oh, so um, I got more.
1: I got. Um, if if my mic wasn't attached to a boom, I would throw it down right now. But so I've got more.
0: I've got pretty much. We're gonna like put the visual cue of you know you dropping. Mike walks off stage. Um, that's pretty much Paul right now. So guys, thank you so much for uh staying with us, listening to the Star Wars trivia and pretty much me calling George Lucas a dumbass as well as a genius at the same time. Don't know how yeah, that I works. Just, uh, that
1: my name could be associated with that uh blasphemous statement. So thank
0: you, Adol. You're welcome. Well, it's not a blasphemous state, it's a true fact. But <laughs> we did get to the point where we just understood why, you know, why Jar Jar Binks might be a Sith Lord.
1: That's true. Well, at least we got some value out of this. And hey, people learn something to do when they're struggling. That might be valuable too.
0: Exactly. Always the right way. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening through this podcast. As always, go check out bossacademy.com. Links will be in the description and below this video. Uh, not, Not this video, this podcast. You'll see it on my site and also will um, be in the description so thank you so much for doing this again with me, Paul I really, really enjoyed this hoping to have you back on in, in future
1: I would love that Adel you know I've, I've really grown to appreciate what you're doing and your story for people that don't know it I mean I know you're. this is all lighthearted and it's been a fun episode but you are really somebody out there that has gone through so many challenges to get where you are and you're an inspiration so thank you for, for even doing this
0: dude that means the world to me Thank you so much for that compliment. It's amazing. And, uh, uh you take wire transfers or
1: PayPal. So if you want to transfer that money,
0: I'll do that after the show. Oh. Wait, is this for me doing the pro bono consulting that wasn't pro bono? <laughs> Just tell me off now. What exactly. we <laughs> anyway guys, I had to end it on a laugh as always. Cause you know what we're like here. Check out Paul's site, uh, com. hit him up, get in touch, check out his podcast as well. I was featured on that as well quite recently. Um, and if it's if I'm not, then go find me because I'm sure I'll be on there. I'll be on his case. Uh, the other thing as well is he's got some great people on there, like you know Kevin Rogers. Um, you also had our good friend Ben Settle and a hero of mine, Boss Rutin, on there for my MMA fans. You know who he is. Go check him out. Um, and I
1: tell you, can I just say that they're going to hear another side of you, this the more serious business side that is somebody that really knows what he's talking about. So you got to come check it out.
0: Yeah, guys, uh, check it out. Seriously, it's it's fun. It's very, very, very to the point. But uh, yeah, well, thank you again for being here.
1: Absolutely, Adam. Take
0: care. See you guys later.